Mom, the surprise is not over. Yes, I drove here. Yes, I surprised you. But I talked to Rachel and Takeda um, back at the first part of June to see if they'd let me introduce you. So, yeah, you are. Um, but as I was driving today, you know, had a long time in the car, between my um, conversations with people, because it's like, dude, this road is boring. So I'm calling God and everybody like, hey, what y'all doing? Like, how you been? I called my Aunt Becky, my dad's sister, and she's like, how you doing, Tate? And I'm thinking, I haven't talked to her in like three years, but dude, I'm on the road for four hours. Me and her are going to have a conversation. So we talked about everything. Anyway, so as I was thinking, like, how do I describe my mom? How do I tell people how she's been to me for 38 years? I know I don't look 38, but I am. It's okay. Totally okay. Um, but anyway, so last Mother's Day, um, the ones of you that come to Dad's meeting, I had a bunch of you write letters on what she means to you. Um, and then I talked about Proverbs 31 and how that's my mom. You know, and anybody that knows her, that spent any time with her, know that's her. And that know that she is the Proverbs 31 woman. And so I was thinking today, taking little pieces of that scripture out, and I thought, you know, these are the little snippets of Proverbs 31 that describe my mom. Her value is more precious than jewels. Her worth is far above rubies and pearls. She opens her mouth in wisdom, and the teachings of kindness are on her tongue. Her children arise and call her blessed. So when I think of my mom, like I say, I'm not looking at her because I'm Rick's kid and I'll cry, so I'll look this way. <laughs> I will cry. I'm just like my dad. I mean, it was funny, I was reading him this today. It's like, so dad, this is what I'm going to say about mom, you know. So I'm looking down like, I won't even look at him because I'm thinking, we cry at the same stupid stuff, you know. So I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at the ground, so I'm reading it to him like, so dad, this is what I'm saying, you know. Like reading it and like trying to see if he's agreeing, you know, without him seeing that I'm looking, you know. So anyway, so I'm like, Dad, okay, so what do you think? He's like, that's beautiful. That's great. Like, oh, man, like that, come on. So anyway, like I said, when I think of my mom, she's a perfect example of the Proverbs 31 woman. I've seen her stand beside um and support dad and our family no matter what. No matter if she thought dad was dead wrong. You know, like that is so not God. She never showed Richie and I that she didn't support him. You know, and now as a wife, looking back thinking, man, there's times where I just wanna go, you are an idiot. You're an idiot, honey. I'm sorry, I love you, but you're an idiot. But mom never did that. Mom stood behind him, supported him 100%. And they were a united front in front of Richie and I, no matter what happened, no matter, I mean, it's amazing to see. And I know people see this side of Rick or this side of Debbie. Rick couldn't be Rick without Debbie. She does a bunch. <clears throat> so anyway, um, my brother and I, you know, never knew when we were little, we never knew lack. 
because we always had what we needed even if she had to do without. You know, and as a mom now, it's like I can see where that happened and how that's so easy to give your kids because you want them to have everything. You know, you want to give them the shirt off your back if they need it, you know. Um, Anyway, she's the purest heart of anybody that I've ever met. If you know my mama, you know you're going to get hugged. You know, if you talk to her on the phone, she's going to tell you she loves you before you hang up. I don't care, like, I could be at work, I could be, you know, when I was younger, like, I love you, like, I love you too, mom. I do, I love you too. But even now at 38, every time I talk to her, she's not hanging up the phone without saying, I love you, Nay. Like, I love you too, mom. Um, you know, and whatever I've tried in my life, no matter what I tried, I knew my mama had my back, and I knew I could succeed because she was cheering me on. She was patting my back, nay, you got this, you can do this. You know, I've got total faith in you. You know, God's designed you for this and you can do it. Um, God's opening new doors for her in her ministry that absolutely scares the socks off of her. Without a doubt, scares the socks off of her. But God's called her just as much as he's called Rick. God's got a purpose for her just as much as he's got a purpose for Rick. Just as much as dad pours out to leaders, those leaders, wives, and you ladies raised your hands earlier on if you were a pastor's wife, you need somebody like her that's going to say, yeah, times get tough. Times are really bad, but you can make it. You know, and having mama hug you, it's okay, you're going to make it. Like, but mom, I want to make it. I just want to quit. And she'd say, no, you're not quitting. You got this. And I, I mean, that's how she is today. And so today I drove down here to do this, to bless her. And as Proverbs 31 said, I want everybody in here to arise and call her blessed. I love you, mom. Knock it out of the park. You can do this. I don't know how I'm supposed to talk now. (laughs) Thank you, Renee. I got some good kids. They're always trying to be number one. And I'm not going to say anything. I'm further past that. <laughs> well, first of all, I want to thank Rachel and Linda. I don't know where Linda went. Oh. <laughs> Linda and I have talked several times, and as well as me and Rachel, and I appreciate you allowing me to come and, and step out. I'm more comfortable behind my husband. I'm more comfortable behind the computer doing PowerPoint and whatever I need to do for him. But I really feel like God has given me this for you ladies and believe that the ones that are here are the ones that's supposed to be here. Um, Your theme really touched my heart too, Linda, because I'm going to be talking about that 
in here in the scripture that you read, Rachel, is one of the scriptures that I'm going to be reading too. So thank you. Um, I want to talk to you about something that we all face in our lives, and I'm going to call it facing your fears. Um, I think women have more fears really than, or maybe I say different fears than their husbands do, than men do. Second um, Timothy 1.7 says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I want you to think about what things do you fear? What or have you actually faced those fears or are you keeping them hidden? Are you afraid of what will happen if you voice those fears? Or in other words, do you fear your fears? There's some examples in the Bible of some women and I want to talk about several of them. The first one is Sarah. She had the fear of the unknown. Now, um, God spoke to Abraham and she was just supposed to, back in Bible times, she was just supposed to follow whatever he said. That wouldn't sit well with me. (laughs) How about you? (laughs) Um, His instruction to Abraham was simple, and we find it in Genesis 12, 1. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Verse 4 tells us that Abraham went as the Lord told him. I can imagine if that were today, how Sarah would have responded And I think she might have said something like, you're wanting me to do what? And you don't even know where we're going. I can imagine saying that to Rick, (laughs) which I did at times. (laughs) When God called us to pastor in Perryton, Texas, um, I was, I was going to say I was kind of that way, but I was real bad that way. God spoke to Rick to go to Perryton, Texas to pastor. That's about 15, 16 hours from home. I'd never lived anywhere else um, that far away from my parents. I mean, I was married to Rick and I didn't go running home to my mom and dad for everything. But that was a little far away. And We were youth pastors, and I thought, or the girls in the youth group were just coming to to, um, talk with me about their problems, and I thought, wow, this is really something, you know, and God has called us to be the youth leaders. So, uh, and then Rick says, well, I feel like God wants us to move to Texas. And I even prayed, God, why do me and the kids have to suffer because Rick's missing your will? (laughs) I was a real supportive pastor's wife. But you can read the result in my book. It's in my book. I talk about that in the book. (laughs) But I eventually realized it was God's will. I had to learn to trust my husband and trust God too. Um, The second lady in the Bible is Esther. And she had a fear of failure. And 
you talked about Esther and Rachel talked about Esther. She was a Jew and she grew up in exile in Persia. She was an orphan that was brought up by her older cousin Mordecai. King Xerxes had given a seven-day party and um, he wanted to show off the beauty of his wife, Queen Vashti. When she refused to come out, he banished her and the search for a new queen began and they eventually chose Esther. And then Esther is made aware by Mordecai, her cousin, of a plot by Haman to kill her people. And he gives her this warning. And that's what Rachel read. It's found in Esther 4, 13 and 14. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Esther eventually agreed to talk to the king, and we all know how the story ends. She, um, but can you imagine the heavy burden that was on her heart and on her shoulders? Because if she failed, her entire nation would be killed. Everybody in her nation would be killed. Um, failure is something that I have feared in my life, and I think that has hindered me from doing uh, a lot of stuff that God has called me to do. <clears throat> um, I would prefer to stay in my comfort zone. And I've been in several comfort zones that God says, nah, you've been there long enough, you know. <laughs> so, um, I've always wanted God's will in my life. I've always wanted to do God's will. But I finally realized that I wanted to do his will if it agreed with mine. I wanted to have a say in what my will or what his will was. I don't like unfamiliar territory or starting new things because I'm always afraid I'm going to fail. The next woman is found in the New Testament. And it was the woman with the issue of blood. And she had fear of rejection. We read this story in Mark 24 through 34. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. We all know this story. She had had a bleeding problem. Thank you. She had had a bleeding problem for 12 years. And had spent every dime that she had going to doctors. Of course, nowadays they'd just say, well, I'm going to give you a hysterectomy, you know. And that problem would be solved. But they didn't do that back then. (laughs) But she had been to all kinds of doctors and spent every dime that she had um, to see if she can find a doctor that would help her. Um, But in the Jewish culture, anybody that was bleeding... um, if they were to get around other people, then they would be, con- well, first of all, they were considered unclean. And so anytime, I don't guess there's any little ones in here, but <laughs> anytime that a lady would, that it would be that time of the month for her, she would be unclean. So 
this lady was bleeding and she was considered unclean, but can you imagine she, how many people she touched just getting close to Jesus? She knew if she could touch Jesus, even touch his clothes, that she would be healed. But um, that was a no-no back in that day for her to even be around all these people. But she had faith and um, she was eventually healed just because she touched the hem of Jesus' garment, which she wasn't supposed to do. Well, when I was a teenager, um, we had an altar service and there was people, you know, gathered around the front. And I went up to her and I said, do you want to go pray? And she said, no, real strongly. So that kind of hindered me from praying with people for years and years and years because I didn't want to be rejected. And even when I would feel the urging of the Holy Spirit to do something, I wouldn't because I remembered that girl saying no, and I didn't want to be rejected. The last one I want to talk about is Mary, the mother of Jesus, and that was the fear of ridicule. Just think about what Mary, how Mary felt when she heard the angel say that she was going to be the mother of Jesus without ever being with a man. Can you imagine what was going through her mind? Or it would have went through my mind, but what's people going to say? They're going to ridicule me. And, um, and I know she had to think about what Joseph would have thought, you know. She had to think that, well, Joseph is going to think that I've betrayed our relationship. And will he believe me? Well, he loved her and they were engaged to be married, which was different back then, the way they handled it. But um, he even thought about divorcing her and putting her away so that she wouldn't receive the ridicule from people. Um, but, of course, we know that God gave him a dream and he realized that it was true, you know, that the angel did come to Mary and, and that they were going to raise our Savior. I was raised in a Pentecostal church and I feared being ridiculed because of it. And I know probably most people here was from a Pentecostal church too. There was all kinds of, you can't do this, you can't do this. And my peers at school, you know, they got to do stuff and I didn't, which I didn't really feel left out by not being able to do things. But I didn't want to tell my peers what church I went to. It's not that I was ashamed of Jesus Christ. I was just ashamed of the church that I went to uh, with them. There was one guy even in high school asked me, I've heard that people roll around in the floor at your church. Is that true? And I said, no, it's not true. We don't roll around on the floor. <laughs> but I didn't tell him all the other stuff we did. <laughs> but that's all I said. That would have been such an opportunity to witness to him, you know, and, and, but I didn't because I feared the ridicule. Um, because of all of these ladies' faith, and there's so many more in the Bible, I just picked out four. 
Because of their faith, each of these women faced their fears and allowed God to change their lives and the world around them. Their faith was larger than their fear. Now I want to bring it down to us. I first ask you, what things do you fear? Um, There's a few different kinds of fear. One of them is natural fear. The definition of fear is a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, pain, etc., whether the threat is real or imagined. It is a normal human emotion designed by God to alert us to danger so that we will take action against it. Um, I know people have different fears. Some of my fears are snakes. And I read something, I think it was yesterday, three kinds of snakes that I don't like. Big snakes, little snakes, and sticks that look like snakes. (laughs) Spiders, I don't like spiders. Mice. Um, Are there some more fears that you all have that you would like to share? Is anybody afraid of anything other than snakes, spiders, and mice? Ticks? Oh, yeah, I don't like ticks either. Especially those big ones on dogs. I don't like dogs. <laughs> what? Speaking, yeah. That's a big one. <laughs> Guess who's speaking next month? <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Thank you, though. <laughs> Anything else anybody's afraid of? What? Bridges. Bridges. My sister-in-law doesn't like bridges either. We went to New Orleans with a group of preachers one time, and preachers and their wives. And there's some big, long bridge there. I don't even know the name of it. But we drove across it, and Wanda says, Ooh, I don't want to go across that bridge. And Rick was driving. He said, Okay. And he just kept driving. (laughs) (laughs) But there's lots of things that people are afraid of, that women are afraid of. And then there's unnatural or unrealistic fears. These are fears that never happen. There are also fears that come from Satan, and God wants to see us delivered from those fears. Um, I'm going to give you a few examples of mine. I don't, rem- I don't know why I remember this, but I think I was around three or four years old, and that's my first memory. We lived in an upstairs apartment for a little while, and we had wooden steps that went up the side of the house that went up to our apartment. There was a small hole at the top of the steps. And I can remember, I mean, it was small. I can remember being afraid of that hole. I was afraid I was going to fall through it. And it wasn't even big enough, you know, about like this. And um, I don't know why I still remember that, but it was such a fear, such a fear to me. And that was something that was never going to happen. I was not going to fall through that little bitty hole. I wasn't that little for one thing. And <laughs> um, later, as an adolescent, I, this is really stupid. 
It really is, isn't it, Renee? I told her about it a while ago. <laughs> As an adolescent, I was afraid to go to sleep at night because in our house, you go down a small hall. My brother's room is here. My mom and dad's room's here. And I'm over here, right across the hall. But my window faced the backyard. And that was the time of UFOs. You know, everything about UFOs. I was so afraid a UFO was going to land in my backyard and come in my window and get me. And why I was afraid of that, I don't know. That was stupid. <laughs> As Rick said, two words, stupid. And this is another one. When my kids were babies, I used to like to get out and walk. There was a good place to walk where we lived. And Renee was just a baby, and I had her in the stroller, and I had Richie. And I was afraid to walk down the road because I was afraid an airplane was going to come and crash on top of my babies. Not on top of me, on top of my babies. So that kind of fear was really stupid too, and I know where it came from. It came from Satan. And he tried to put fear on me my whole life, you know. And I don't want him to have control of anything in my life. These are all unnatural fears, but they seem so real to us. And I feel like God gave me this message because some of you here are facing fears. I don't know if it came from... It can come from different things. It can come from abuse. It can come from sexual abuse. It can come from um, physical abuse. It can come from Satan himself. Stupid things, like I said, for, of myself. But even though Abraham had the relationship with God and Sarah wasn't able to talk to God like he did, she still faced her fear. She respected her husband and she respected the God that he spoke to. So she faced her fear of the unknown and followed him to the ends of the earth, so to speak. Esther was evidently raised to believe in Jehovah and she listened to what her cousin Mordecai told her. She knew that if she failed, her entire nation would be destroyed. But she faced her fear of failure and trusted God to help her succeed. The woman with the issue of blood, by law, she couldn't even be around people. She wasn't supposed to be near Jesus. But she knew that she would receive her healing because he was her last hope. And she looked, up, she looked past her fear of rejection and she received that healing. Mary knew the ridicule that she would receive but she chose to face that fear. And she became the mother of the Savior of the world. Aren't you thankful for that? God does not want us to fear. Through him, we can face the fears that we all feel. And we too, with his help, can overcome them. One of my favorite songs and one of the reasons that I feel like God spoke this to me is No Longer Slaves. And I want to read the words to you. I can't do it without crying, but I want to read the words to you. Sometimes we listen to songs. The music is so pretty. The, the harmony is so pretty. But I want you to get this down deep in your heart and understand what it is saying. This is what it says. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song. 
of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. From my mother's womb you have chosen me. Love has called my name. I've been born again into your family. Your blood flows through my veins. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I am surrounded by the arms of the Father. I am surrounded by songs of deliverance. We've been liberated from our bondage. We're the sons and the daughters. Let us sing our freedom. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears were drowned in perfect love. You rescued me and I will stand and sing and say it with me. I am a child of God. One more time. I am a child of God. Now what I want to do, those that have been asked to pray, to help pray, I want you to come up, the prayer team. And I have copies of scriptures about fear. And at the end of it, there is a prayer. And this is what it says. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today with a grateful heart, knowing that every good and every perfect gift comes from you. Today I cast my cares upon you and bring to you these fears that I have. I no longer want possession of these fears. Take them from me and make me whole. I renounce and release to you the fear of, and it doesn't have to be any of these four, any fears that you have, you take it to Jesus. I release to you the fear of, whatever it is, that has clouded my mind. Take it and replace it with the peace that passes all understanding. That peace that only comes from you. I receive it and will embrace it fully. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Now Carrie is going to play this song that I just read you the words to. And whatever fears you have that you want us to pray for you, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to help pray too. But don't be afraid of coming up here to get rid of that fear because it is not from God. If you want to fully, be fully whole through Jesus, then bring those fears up here. You don't even have to tell us what your fear is. You can if you want to, but... Come up here and let us pray for you and let's get rid of those fears.